This is a Giving Thought podcast from the Charities Aid Foundation's think tank, Giving Thought. For my next conversation, I was joined by Rob Williamson, the Chief Executive of the Community Foundation for Tyne and Weir in Northumberland, which is the largest community foundation in the UK, uh, to talk about the work they're doing in response to the pandemic. Okay, Rob. um, So, yeah, I guess the the first question really is just, you know, the obvious one to ask how the COVID-19 pandemic um, is affecting you guys so far and also all of the organisations that you work with. Um, Well, I think... Probably I'll, I'll, I'll start with the, the second bit of that, which is the organisations we, we work with, because I think for small local charities and community organisations, um, it, it, it's clearly a very, very worrying time. There's you know lots of uncertainty for people. And as we all know, in all our work, it's, it's been a kind of daily developing, changing situation. Um, but, you know, we, we became conscious of things very quickly, for example, how reliant food banks are on older people as their volunteers. So very, very quickly last week, we were speaking to uh, organisations like food banks that were kind of saying we're not sure we're going to be able to, to keep going because um, all our volunteers are going to have to be at home. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the world's changed since then. But I think there was there was a kind of very quick impact on on small charities and and uh, you know those those very small hyper local organisations are the ones that are really really good at, um, at volunteers. And of course, we know that lots of volunteers are older people. So I think that that, that that's the thing that we've been very conscious of. Um, but on the other hand, I think we're we're also really uh, impressed by how many of the organizations we support are are you know really quickly we're thinking about what can we do you know what let you know let's not get too obsessed with what we can't do but what can we do um you know switching to doing things by telephone online um and i just think that you know we've seen a really amazing response um from the local sector um and and that's been been really really great to see um and i and you know what one of the things that we have um uh, emphasized as uh, as a funder is just trying to stay in touch with organizations by phone um and uh, and i'll you know i can say a bit more about this but we launched our own fund in response um and you know trying to speak to grantees just to kind of say you know what what are you able to do how is this affecting you and and unsurprisingly, you know, what a lot of people are saying is it's just really lovely when and, and helpful when a funder reaches out and says, how are things going? And, you know, some of those organisations, we might be able to help some of them, we might not be able to, but just being in touch with them, I think, has been has been really helpful. Um, so that's the, the kind of sense from the sector. I think the sense from the Community Foundation is you know, we've got some big long-term worries as, as any endowed funder would have about what, what the impact on us is long-term, but but we're not worrying about that right now. We're worrying about how we can keep going, how we can continue being open to applications, how we can best support the sector. 
um, and and how also you know we're an employer as much as anybody else. You know how we can keep our own staff morale and op and operations going, and and so far so good. And and what specific responses we can do uh, in the light of the the pandemic, which um, which I'm sure we can we can talk about a bit more about what we're doing. But yeah, that that's the kind of initial um, uh, kind of craziness of the the past couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to come on to, to talk about the fund uh, in in a moment. Um, I just wanted to ask before that, I mean, it seems like community foundations have been quite prominent so far in, in terms of the discussion about the response. And it's kind of understandable because you guys are kind of rooted in, in local communities and it feels like that's a lot of where the response is. What, what sort of um, role are you taking at the moment in terms of coordinating effort among other people as well as, as just kind of getting money out to, to grantee organisations? Um. Well, I think we are uh, already um, in touch with kind of local resilience forums and and the you know the kind of existing infrastructure that's that's around to respond to emergencies in communities. But I think one of the thing that things that's become apparent really rapidly is um, you know this isn't this isn't like. Uh, uh, a normal or an imagined kind of philanthropic disaster response because normally what you see in a kind of disaster or emergency response situation is is a kind of group of people in category a who are the people who are directly affected and then the vast majority of the population in category b who are not directly affected and who can be called upon to to respond and and in this situation and possibly uniquely in modern times we're all affected so things like um, charitable appeals for support have a very different nuance in this context, I think, where you've got to be very careful what you're asking for when people are thinking everybody's thinking about their own livelihoods. I think uh, so there are challenges on that side. There are challenges on the other side in terms of there's a whole swathe of new community level responses. Um, you know, all the Facebook groups that people will have seen springing up, um, et cetera, et cetera, to do stuff. Uh, and how what you know what's our role in relation to them and and local authorities becoming involved in the coordination of volunteering and it's so fast moving that it's almost like when you know we, we think on one day well we, we're pretty clear what our role is um within 24 hours you're kind of asking yourself again so so you know amazing community uh, and organizational response but navigating what our role as community foundations in that is 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 quite challenging. Um, we, initially, at least at my community foundation, um, we've been uh, trying to prioritise our attention on our existing grantees, uh, and particularly those ones that are providing a response uh, to to vulnerable beneficiaries, and how we can get money out to them um, in the kind of initial phase. Um, but you know, already starting to think to ourselves, well, what is our role in respect of all these other um, newer community responses, and 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 how might we uh, play a role there, and and where would that fit alongside statutory bodies, etc. So, uh, so any day you ask me that question, I might have a slightly different answer. I think at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's true for all of us. Um, and just yeah, in terms of the fund that you already mentioned, maybe you could just say a little bit about kind of what that is and what the the focus is and what the the aim is in terms of you know where you're looking to kind of bring bring money in and and how you're looking to direct it. Yeah, so we um, we uh, last week um, made the decision to 
uh, take some of our money, which uh, which is kind of discretionary money. Uh, as some of your listeners will know that um, a lot of what community foundations manager are donor advised funds that are restricted in various ways to particular things. But but we have some um, you know discretionary and unrestricted funds um, from various sources. So we've taken uh, a couple of hundred grand of, of that money um, and put that into a, a coronavirus response and recovery fund. And we've had uh, a contribution from um, Newcastle Building Society, who are longstanding supporters of ours, um, who have put another £100,000 in. And we are both um, encouraging our existing uh, donors and fund holders either to kind of... Um, uh, move funds that they have with us already into that pot so where they've you know were perhaps you know there was twenty thousand pounds sitting in a donor advised fund for expenditure in the next 12 months we're, to, we're saying to donors would you like to put that into the coronavirus um, pot at this point and we're having a fantastic response to that lots of our our active fund holders are doing that but we've also um, you know, done the traditional thing of set up a, a just giving page so that the wider public can contribute. As I, as I said earlier, we're not pushing that massively because we think it's it's not normal circumstances for an appeal. So we're we're kind of saying to people, you know, if you if you feel like you want to contribute, you you can do that. And we're we're seeing a steady stream of of kind of public donations coming in, but it's not really our emphasis. Our emphasis is on. Um, partners, um, other trusts and foundations, and our existing donors. Um, so that's in terms of the money in. In terms of the money out, um, we're hoping this week um, to be able to uh, agree a kind of first tranche, hundred grand out uh, to organisations across Tynemouth and Northumberland, working with older people initially, um, and then we'll be looking at some other vulnerable groups. But but we're also really clear, I think. Um, and I don't quite have all the answers to how we do this yet, but but a big part of our focus um, with our fund is going to be recovery. And that will be about a wider group of organisations, potentially not just those working with those most vulnerable uh, to the outbreak. But but thinking about all of that stuff that we're seeing going on in the sector about organisations losing fundraising income, uh, losing uh, earned income and all those kind of things and thinking you know, how do we make sure that as far as possible, the, the local sector is in a good state when we come out of this to, to kind of pick up and carry on? And that, that's going to be one of our, our kind of things that we're thinking in the next few weeks about how we do that. And I think one of the things that's changed for me about the fund is uh, if we talked a, a week or so ago, I'd have, I'd have seen those two things as, as kind of consecutive phases. So there would have been a recovery phase um, sorry, there would have been a response phase to help immediate beneficiaries, and then there would have been a recovery phase to to help the sector get back on its feet. But actually, I think those two things are going to have to run alongside, because if we don't run them alongside, we're going to lose organisations um, who aren't going to be there uh, when things go back to normal. Um, so we we kind of need to think about both things at once, which complicates it a bit. But but that's kind of where we're where we're at at the moment. Yeah, and that certainly echoes things that I've, I've heard from talking to other funders. Um, on, on that note of kind of needing to think about the medium and longer term at the same time as the immediate short term, apart from what you're doing there at the Community Foundation, um, what do you think are the, the kind of most important things that 
government at a central or local level, other funders or, or charities themselves need to be doing at the moment to kind of to, to make sure that they are around for that medium and longer term? Well, I think uh, most what you know, what I've seen is uh, a real sense of the kind of philanthropic field stepping up and doing what you would hope it would do in these circumstances, which is going, you know what, we need to be flexible um, we need to think about um, uh, the kind of civil society as a whole and what state that's in uh, and, and what it looks like now and what it looks like in the future. So, you know, lots and lots of stuff that, that um, lots of people will be familiar with about uh, funders being really flexible about um, the terms of existing grants. Uh, it also comes down to grants that are in the system. You know, we were talking as a team this morning about applications that that we're looking at now that were kind of submitted a couple of weeks ago that look you know kind of bizarre in the kind of light of day that we're in now so you know going back to those applicants and saying is is this actually something you can do or do you need something different and all of that kind of hands-on stuff and I think whatever kind of organization you are that is financing the sector whether that be uh, a, a trust or foundation or a public body or indeed an individual donor then then the maximum flexibility is 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 the kind of key thing at the moment um i think inevitably there is a kind of explosion of things going on and everybody wants to to get help out immediately and i think one of the challenges is is to try and be pragmatic about helping the groups that we know we can help that are making a difference and also keeping an eye on all of these emerging and changing things. Um, and, you know, and, and collaborating as much as possible without necessarily having to pool money, um, but, you know, making sure that, that funders and, and, and other organisations keep in touch with each other and and make sure that what they're doing kind of aligns and and and, and complements what other people are doing um, uh, around the country. Um, there is obviously also a national um, appeal run by the new National Emergencies Trust that, that community foundations are also going to be involved in, and and that's one way um, that that other funders and big businesses can can contribute um, to things. But there, you know, there are look, so many things going on. And it's just about being pragmatic and kind of picking something and trying to do that well, rather than panicking and about trying to solve everything, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just as a final thought, you know, apart from uh, all of the challenges of which there are many at the moment, I mean, what have you seen in this sort of short term period from within the sort of charity sector and civil society that gives you hope and, and optimism about the sector's ability to kind of weather this storm? Um, well, I think, like I said, I think we've, you know, We've we've been in a, a period where there's been quite a lot of criticism of philanthropy, um, and I think we're seeing why we have it um, and why it's helpful because it can move more quickly than government. And and so far, at least, um, uh, you know, while some of the government's initiatives apply as much to the charity sector as anybody else, for example, you know, the kind of furloughing of empl employer employees, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, um, you know, the emphasis has been much more on private sector support and an immediate medical response and and obviously you know, we're all aware there's lots of uh, wider challenge to government about doing something more specific for charities and philanthropy has has filled that vacuum very quickly i think and and philanthropy in its broadest sense both in terms of financial but also giving of time and expertise 
right from a really micro community level right up to the major trusts and foundations and i think you know that that's a brilliant thing and and exactly what you would want to see and and hopefully when we reflect on this um i hope we can as a society go philanthropy did its bit um at every level uh, and in every kind of manifest of what philanthropy means um and it did its very best and played the right role um including an advocacy role for the sector um you know there are lots of trusts and foundations are behind that um that pressure on government to for government to do more so so it's it, it it's a really interesting kind of live you know in 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 real time playing out of um is philanthropy doing the thing that you would want it to do in these circumstances and i i would say from my perspective broadly yes it is yeah i'd agree i mean i think for you know this definitely feels like one of those periods that once we we get through the immediate short term we'll be sort of sifting through the implications for quite a long time to come um yeah it just just remains to say thanks ever so much for finding the time to to uh, come and have a chat on on the podcast uh rob i know you're probably incredibly busy as, as are many people at the moment um but i you know wish you all the best with uh kind of getting the money in and, and getting it out again to, to where it's needed and hopefully we can uh kind of catch up and maybe get you on the podcast for a longer chat about uh sort of broader issues at some point when everything's settled down a bit great it's great talking to you rodri